Welcome back, everyone. I'm Tony Brown, and you're listening to Firearms Cafe, the show where we discuss the philosophies of responsible firearms ownership, as well as the relevant issues and challenges that we face in the current gun culture. Well, hello, everybody. What's going on? Today is Sunday. It's the 4th of September, 2022. Let's go ahead, and we'll get that contact info posted, and then we'll jump in with the show. The easiest way to contact me is through the email address, which is firearmscafe at protonmail, P-R-O-T-O-N-M-A-I-L.com, and that's all one word. You can either write out an old-fashioned email, I'll read it for you on the show, or if you'd like, you can record your own audio, and I'll play it for you on the show as well. If you go over to the website, which is firearmscafe.com, you'll find buttons for all my social media stuff. There's also a PayPal donation button if you ever wanted to donate to the show financially, which helps with uh, just maintaining the website and stuff like that. If, however, you'd like to support the show, but financially is kind of not in the uh, cards for you right now, that's great. Probably one of the better ways to do it would be just to share the show on any social media platforms that you have, or quite frankly, just uh, send in some feedback for me. Uh, like I said, either email or uh, record your own audio and send that to me at the email address. And that would uh, be a way to get some of, um, what do we want to say, some engagement, I guess, with you guys. And I always like feedback and uh, stuff like that. So anyway, I think that will do it for the uh, housekeeping stuff. Oh, one thing too, I know I've talked on here about Rumble. Uh, which is another video streaming platform. I did put a uh, button on the website. So if you just wanted to go over and check out my uh, videos that I have over there, you can just click on that and uh, give me a follow over there. So I think that is going to do it for that stuff for reels now this time. All right, let's talk a little bit about what is going on. And we touched on it a little bit on the last show. And that's what is going to be the effects going forward of the Bruin decision that the Supreme Court uh, and through Clarence Thomas and all the opinions and all that kind of stuff. What does that mean for us going forward? And we're seeing that I think a lot of stuff that the ATF is doing is going to be curtailed because a lot of the stuff that they did is, is just making up. They, they just, it, it's all based on just a whim. And it's all based on the subjective judgment of whoever happens to be at work that day is kind of what it seems like to me. And then, of course, they are affected by who's in office. So if you have an administration that is pro-gun, they're probably not going to be given a lot of directives other than don't infringe on people. If you have an administration that is anti-gun, the directives that they're going to be given are see how many regulations and how many restrictions and how many ways that we can limit somebody's ability to own and carry firearms. You know, if we get right down to brass tacks. So anyway, kind of getting back to what is going on. A recent, uh, or excuse me, what's going on with the ATF? I guess I should finish my sentence there. But a, some of the recent things that we're seeing, some of the things that we're seeing challenged, 
is they had the 80% lower thing and what's a receiver and what's, uh, you know, what's not, what's, what's actually going to be a firearm. Is it all just parts kits? Is it, is, you know, any part of a firearm considered a firearm? And I think there was an injunction placed on one of the rulings on that. And a lot of that stuff, I think, is going to be like 80% and things like that are, I don't think that they're going to be able to enforce that type of stuff from the ATF perspective and from a federal perspective. It would fall kind of under the purview of, well, you have to, you have to look at things with the, look at these things and look at these ideas that you're have having as far as regulation with extreme scrutiny. So you really have to say, okay, well, when the Second Amendment was drafted, what did it mean and what was its intent? And when they do that, a lot of stuff that the ATF does and a lot of stuff that local and state agencies do is going to be seen as infringement or unconstitutional. One of the things, uh, again, with the 80% is that would directly affect your ability to be able to make and build your own firearm. So uh, again, if they say, well, any part of a firearms kit is now a firearm. If you look at an AR-15's parts kit, a lot of it are just little springs. Well, you can't say that a little spring is a firearm and that the ATF then has regulation over it. It's And it's like the whole thing with the solvent traps and, and it, you know, think what you want to think about that. But until you actually use it as a suppressor, is it a suppressor? If you have a, a box of engine parts in your, in your garage, is that a vehicle? And, and especially if you never put the engine in there and would, you know, would you say, well, that's a, that's a, that's a vehicle. You know, if, if you've got an alternator and a water pump in your garage, you, that has to be, you have to get a, a registration for it and you have to have a license plate for it and you have to renew it every year. People would say, well, that's insane that you, you wouldn't do that. And, and kind of speaking on on that tack is, or, or on that path, I guess, if we branch off a little bit, one of the things that I think is probably going to be challenged here pretty quick, and, it's, and they've actually pushed it off. It was supposed to come down on the end of August, which is the whole pistol brace thing. They're saying, look, if you've got a firearm with a pistol brace on it, if the barrel is under... 16 inches and you've got a pistol brace on it you're going to get this amnesty period and you can come in well amnesty basically means that you've done something illegal and then they're going to kind of give you forgiveness for it uh, but the, the the thing is it wasn't illegal to have that stuff and it wasn't illegal to go into a gun shop and buy a an ar pistol or an ak pistol that came with a brace uh, it also wasn't illegal to just buy a brace separately and then sort of build your own AR pistol, that type of thing. But now, of course, they're saying, well, that's, you know, we're going to push this off until, I think they're doing it now till the end of December, which who knows what's going to happen with that. I think, though, that if once they sort of say, oh, we're going to kind of come after and start to prosecute people, that people are going to start to have standing and that is going to be able to be challenged in court. Also, once the regulation is up, somebody who, let's say, that had bought a 
oh what was it by uh I can't remember what manufacturer, but there it doesn't matter. There are several of them. But let's say somebody had had bought something from Palmetto State Armory or had bought that honey badger from Q. I think that's the name of it. That came with a brace. It was uh, had a barrel that was under 16 inches and it had a brace. It didn't have a stock. And in all other ways, it complied with the law at the time. And now the ATF says, well, you have to register that. And not only do you have to register it, Normally you would have to pay a tax, but now they're saying, "Oh, we're gonna, we're not gonna, we're not gonna charge you the two hundred dollars, and you're, and you're, but you're still gonna have to go through all the paperwork. You're gonna have to register. You're gonna do all this other stuff, and you have to submit a photo of it, and you have to, you know, give us all this information. And if you want to go to a, let's say you live in Arizona and you want to go to New Mexico or you want to go up to Utah or something like that, and you're gonna take a, a a class and you want to use that thing you want to kind of run it through its paces well now you have to get permission from the ATF to go ahead and do that and the idea that you have to get permission would be a clear infringement because you could say well the person that has the exact same thing that I have except my barrel is let's and what we'll do is we'll just use a um kind of a silly example, we'll just say, well, my barrel is 14 and a half inches and his barrel is 16, but, and for whatever reason, the guy liked the pistol brace. He's got it on his rifle, so he's got no restrictions at all. He can go up into this other state, but because I have a barrel that is an inch and a half shorter, I have to do all this other stuff that infringes on my rights to move freely throughout the country it infringes on my right to keep and bear arms uh, and to use those things for self-defense. It's, it's, you know, so I think that that stuff uh, eventually will all be challenged. I don't know, and I think eventually the idea of what is what does it really mean to have a handgun or a pistol, and what does it mean to have a rifle? So how do you how do you designate those things? So to say, well, do you go by what's typically or what's uh, has been in use as a, um, uh, a pistol caliber. So if you look at something like 9mm, if you look at like 45 ACP or 10mm, generally you would say, well, those are generally handgun rounds. And if you look at something like 5.56 or if you look at 308 or if you look at 270, anything like that, those things are generally considered to be rifle rounds. Then you say, well, but... You know, there's a lot of nine millimeter carbines that are out there. There's also a lot of lever action guns that shoot 357 and 44 Magnum, which are primarily handguns. So if you've got a like a, a one of the old Ruger, what what do they used to call it? Like a camp gun that shoots either 357 or 44 Magnum, or if you have a lever action, because that's a pistol round, are you going to say, oh no, that's that's really not a pistol. It's still a rifle. So I don't know sort of how you designate it. I mean, I know how I would do it. I would say, well, typically the uh, probably about the max amount that we would see on handguns are uh, the, the longest barrel we generally see are in revolvers and they're going to be maybe six to eight inches, um, but primarily six. So you would say probably anything that has a barrel 
that would be six inches or under would be considered a pistol. Anything that's over that, maybe that's eight inches or over or six inches or however you, whatever you're going to have to draw the line. If you have to draw a line at all, you would say, well, then that would be maybe considered a rifle. And then, but you know, it's so, it's so arbitrary, the stuff that they say, uh, that makes those things into that. And then once they say, oh no, because it has this shorter barrel, well, that's now, it's a, it's a rifle, it's a pistol, it's this, it's that, and therefore we can, we can regulate you on it. We can restrict you on this, that, or the other thing. And I think, you know, the whole idea with, you know, short barrel rifles and all this stuff was supposed to be like, oh, it's more concealable. If you look at a, any PCC and you compare it to even a bigger handgun, something like let's say like a a, a 10 millimeter glock with the or, or with the long sight so i think that's the glock 40 right and even that you're just like oh that's kind of hard to conceal that is so much smaller than any type of ar or ak pistol to say that somebody's going to be able to readily conceal that thing and they say well what if they're wearing a trench coat then they could make it easier to conceal well you could if you've got a big giant trench coat on or something you could conceal a full-size rifle it's not, it's not going to be that hard. So this idea that concealment, ability to conceal, gives them somehow authority to regulate that is ridiculous, or gives them authority to designate it a certain thing is ridiculous. I think what they should do is say, look, this is the type of receiver. It's typically a rifle receiver. We're going to just call this a rifle. But again, I think eventually what's going to happen is that things like short barrel rifle and what you can and cannot put on it, and then you having to register it or you having to pay a tax, I think all that stuff eventually will be challenged. And I think part of the reason that it will be successfully challenged is that the ATF has just so many times have gone back and forth and back and forth. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. Yes, you can. No, you can't. And even if they were doing that, and let's say that the fine was like, it was like a $5 fine or something like that, if you got caught doing it, you know, nobody would care. Uh, But it's not just that. It's not like, oh, they can give you a ticket and you got to pay it if they catch you. It's like they can put you in prison for 10 years for doing something that should be under the Constitution a protected well, it would be a, a right, but it's a protected, what do I want to say? Maybe a liberty or a protected activity or a protective, protected pro, uh, piece of property that you own. We'll see. Also, I do think that, you know, because the ATF is going to say stuff like, well, you have to destroy this. You have to, if, if you don't want to register it, you have to either destroy the whole firearm and some of the stuff that they were saying in the past was, or you have to surrender it. You can voluntarily surrender it to us. And, uh, you know, then we'll quote unquote destroy it. Or some agent will just say, well, we destroyed it. But then, oh, it's at my house now. And somehow magically, you know, that guy has that stuff. But again, it is, and I know I'm kind of repeating myself here on this stuff, but I think that once you... Once the ATF kind of says this thing of where you've got to destroy it, then again, people will say, well, okay, now I have standing because you're telling me unless I comply 
with a government regulation that is clearly a restriction and an infringement on a right that I have that's protected by the Constitution, by the Second Amendment, that I am out my personal property and I've, I've been given no financial... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Financial compensation for the destruction or for the surrendering or for the taking of my property. And you could even say, well, I normally I would never have surrendered that because, uh, but it's with the threat of I'll, I'll be placed in prison. And it's also with the, the added threat of because these things have been designated a felony, then I'll never, even if I got out, I'll never be able to legally own a firearm ever again. So I, I think that you could say that people would have a lot on the table that could be lost. So I, I think that I think that there's going to be a lot of people that are going to have standing in it. So it'll be interesting times. Um, we talked a little bit before about how that the ATF had kind of, this ruling was supposed to, to take effect at the end of August and now it's going to be pushed off till December. And of course, I'm sure part of that is coming from the Justice Department, which is under the Biden administration right now. So it's under a Democrat administration are saying, look, we're, we're really looking at kind of a bloodbath. We don't want to give people any reason to not vote for us or vote for our party in this upcoming midterm election. So let's hold off on some of this stuff for right now. And then after the election, after things kind of, after we see kind of how everything shakes out, then we can move forward. Because again, if the ATF wants, they can just say, ah, we're just going to put this off again. We're not going to worry about it too much. So anyway, it's funny. If you tried to explain this stuff to somebody, and if you, even if you were using just firearms, so if you took a rifle and you put it on a table, and it's a just a regular AR-15 rifle, and we're going to say with this rifle that it's got a uh, vertical foregrip, it's got an adjustable stock, and then you put that rifle, that 16-inch barrel, and you put it down on a table. And then right underneath it, you take a rifle that is 14 and a half inches, but has a muzzle device that's been welded and pinned, and it looks identical, you put it down on that right underneath it, and then you take another one that has been designated a pistol. It's a 14 and a half inch barrel, and it has uh, just a regular old flash hider on it, and you put that one down, and then you take another one of those, and you put it down, but this one has a, a vertical foregrip and a pistol grip. And you say, okay, well, you tell me which one is a rifle, which one is a pistol, and why those things are that way. And if they looked at them, they wouldn't be able to say which one is a, is a short barrel rifle and which one is not. They could say, well, I think that they all, I think they're all rifles. Maybe that one that has a little bit shorter than the other three or four, maybe they consider that a short barrel rifle just because the barrel's shorter. And, uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, and then if you say, well, how come if this one has this and that, it's it's illegal, this, that, and the other thing. And any normal person, even if they knew all the stuff, and if it wasn't something that they had a political or emotional attachment to, they would say, well, that's that's insane. There's really no difference in how it operates. There's no difference in what it's doing. 
there's no difference in the ammo that it takes. There's no difference in maybe some of the ballistic outcomes of it. There is, it's not like the barrel is shorter and all of a sudden it makes it super deadly as opposed to the one that's a 16 inch barrel. And especially if you took two that were 14 and a half inch barrels and one of them just doesn't have the barrel pinned and welded and the other one, or the, the excuse me, the muzzle, the muzzle device, the flash hider or whatever. We'll just use flash hider for what, for what we're going to have for now, for the example. And if you would say, okay, tell me why this one, why this one is illegal and why this one isn't. And if they could even pick them up and look at them, they, I'm sure they wouldn't be able to tell. And they would just have to say, well, I don't, I don't know. They appear to be identical. And again, you know, kind of going back to the idea of, we talked a little bit earlier of the argument being that it would make it easier to conceal. So we would say, okay, well, what major crimes have been committed with people using short barrel rifles? And it's almost, there's been a few, but in those, if you look at them, I think there was a shooting in Ohio and a shooting maybe, I wanna say maybe it was Texas, but I could be wrong on that. Don't. But I know there were a couple of shootings within the past maybe three, four years or so where somebody used a rifle with that, that had a pistol brace on it. But those people didn't conceal them. When they went in and started shooting up the place, they kind of, you know, like got out of their car, did whatever, and then just came right in and started firing. So the idea that they were going to conceal it or hide it and that it, because it had a shorter barrel and because it had a pistol brace, this made it easier for them to do it or made it easier for them to fire from the shoulder is, is ridiculous. And the, the, the idea of having the pistol brace would make it easier for them to commit the crime. Again, if they're willing to go in and commit mass murder, and this is a point that's been made over and over again, they're not going to be concerned with putting a stock on it, even if they made one at home right so all the all this stuff is ridiculous anyway it will be very very interesting to see what plays out especially over the after especially after the midterm elections so if the republicans take a majority in the senate and even if they gain enough seats in the house to where a lot of this stuff doesn't happen congress controls the purse strings will they do anything or will atf just kind of be kind of quiet Will they try and push stuff through thinking, well, let's push it through and see what we can get through and see what restrictions we can get. Also, you know, this thing of where the ATF is coming to people's homes. A lot of you guys, if you're listening to this show, have probably seen some of the things where ATF agents are going to people's homes. Uh, I saw a thing on, I think it was on uh, YouTube or TikTok or something like that, where they have the ATF... There's, I think there's two ATF agents and then a local police, a guy from a lo- the, like from the city cops or from the sheriffs or whatever. That's a company in them. They come up to the guy. They say, "Oh, you know, we it shows here that you've bought two pistols, and we're trying to make sure that this isn't like a straw purchase or you're, that you're not buying stuff and then selling them." And they basically bamboozle the guy and kind of intimidate him into showing, "Yeah, I still have them." That's what they're saying. Oh, you don't have to, you know, but we just want to make sure that you've got them and that, you know, these things aren't out there being used to commit crimes and da, 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 da. And then you have another video and that guy gives, gives in, 
but you have another video where they're doing the same thing and the guy kind of gives them a little bit of pushback and of course they the tactic that they use it's they try to intimidate they try a little bit of threats and then they try and it kind of all goes back and forth of, of the agents when he's when they're talking to this guy and then one of the things the guy says is something like oh you mean like in ruby ridge you mean like in waco and then the agent is the atf guy's like oh come on oh like how unfair don't you that's that's out of bounds that's this that's that but again they leave and then they also kind of threaten him with oh we're going to be coming back you know and he's like we're going to see you. you're going we're going to maybe run into you again and even with that the reason <laughs> And I'll if I could find it, I'll I'll see if I can't put in the audio. I don't know if I'll be able to or not, but if I can find it, I'll uh, I'll drop that in. So I I found one of them that I was talking about, and I think what they're doing to this guy is they're saying you have these suppressor parts. So for a little bit of background, what I think it is is that and I think I'd mentioned it earlier, we were talking a little bit about solvent traps, which were basically, is you basically just have a tube that you can screw on to your, uh, to your rifle or to whatever, and then you can pour solvent down in through the barrel, and it can kind of sit in there and eat it up, and then you can take that little thing off and then pour it out. So it becomes, in essence, a solvent trap. Some of them will have uh, baffles that are inside of it, some of them, but they don't have a, a hole that's drilled on the end. And some of them say like, and then some of them will come with warnings basically saying, you know, this is not uh, to be used as a suppressor, blah, blah, blah. So what the ATF says is, oh, this is, we consider this now to be a suppressor, whether or not you've actually done anything with it or ever used it as that. And they're just calling it a suppressor. So that's why you hear some of the language that you're going to hear. So I'm going to go ahead and play this for you guys. Hey, Nick, what's going on, man? What's going on? Hey, with the ATF. Okay. I'm hearing about a solvent trap that you ordered. Okay. Do you still have it? I'm not going to answer any questions. Okay. Um, well, we're actually here to recover because they're being used as suppressors. Yeah, well, I don't have a warrant. If you let me finish, I can talk to you. Okay. Yep. Are being used as suppressors. Now we're just here to pick them up. If you don't have it, you can sign that you don't have it anymore. I'm not gonna sign anything. Okay, don't sign anything. So what will happen is if you're caught with it, we'll prosecute you federally. Sure, for an NFA item. Okay. Um, you're obviously gonna be on the radar now. I appreciate all the cooperation. We just came to pick it up and have it destroyed. Um, we know what you're using it for, correct? I mean, you bought a no, jig with it for your AR-15. I don't know what you're talking about. Exactly. So. This isn't the first time we've done this. You want to come back with a warrant? Mm -hmm. I mean, you can do this. Okay. Absolutely. Take your hand out of your pocket for me, please. I'm sorry? Take your hand out of your pocket for me. You're on my sorry. property. I can put my hands where I want. All right, we're law enforcement. We're <laughs> talking to you in an official capacity. So you're on my property. Have in your pocket, so. We're not, we're not trying to be your, your jerks here. You are, though. You're, you're, well, you're, 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 you're the ATF. Come we're on. idiots? No. Oh, no, I didn't say that. Oh. But I said you're the ATF. Correct. Your entire job is to take away people's guns. I don't think you have any idea what our job is. I know exactly. everything about your job. Oh, All please it is, is tell to me. erode the, the Second Amendment. Okay. Shall not be infringed. So violent uh, criminals with guns that we take off the street. Oh, uh, like at yeah, Waco? Like oh. at Ruby Ridge? Oh my gosh. My dogs? You need to quit. You need to keep my dogs in the house? 
read yeah, some of the books. Break. I, yeah, it's, it's we watch too many shows. Yeah, and that's it, books. yeah. All right. Well, I'm sure we'll find you again someday. No. Um, yeah. Anyway, have a good one. Yeah, I appreciate the cooperation. Take it easy. Yes, Watch out for the dogs, guys. <laughs> So there was a little bit of music and some stuff on that at the, at the very end, but that was the only one that I could find that didn't have uh, that stuff added on at the end. But basically, it looks like what the guy had done is he had probably bought a solvent trap online from some company. There is a company that has been in the news, and I can't remember the name of it. It's something like Radical Firearms. That's probably not the name of it, but it's something similar to that where... They were selling a lot of stuff online, a lot of the solvent traps, some of the uh, the other things, and and then I think that that guy, I'm sure, probably got raided, or that get that guy who was set up to to sell you those things was probably, if he wasn't a some type of federal agent, was probably somebody who was affiliated with him, was like maybe a CI or something like that. Maybe he got caught doing something and they said, okay, here's what you're going to do if you don't want to go to prison for the next 10 years. You're going to continue to sell this stuff, but you're going to hand over all the information so that we have it. And then if later date we decide we want to go and and justify our existence or whatever, I don't know. Uh, or we want to say, oh no, now these are they're illegal, they're NFA items, they're actually suppressors. And that's what you, you heard when the guy is saying you know, we've seen, we know that you have these things and you're using them as suppressors. So, again, the, the, the guy had kind of the right response. Unfortunately, he sort of got drawn into a little back and forth with him. And what he should have said is right when they said, do you, when he asked, do you have a warrant? And they said, no, we don't have a warrant. Then he should have said, oh, okay, good day, gentlemen. Come back when you have a warrant. And then just shut the door and walked away. There's, there's nothing to be gained by his continuing to talk to them at that point. And I know sometimes when you're in the heat of the moment and, you know, he's wanting to say the stuff, you know, shall not be infringed and all this other kind of, you know, jazz and stuff like that. Again, you're not going to change those ATF guys, right? But you go back and listen to it a couple of times or if you can find it on, I'm sure you can find it on YouTube or, or, uh, TikTok or maybe over on Rumble where you can find, uh, you know, eight, just type in like ATF comes to my house or something like that. And you'll be able to see a lot of this stuff. And this stuff has been going on. It's not like it's brand new. It's been going on for a long time. Uh, but again, you can tell also by the way that they talk to him and how they're doing stuff that they know they don't really have legal standing to go in and say, show us this stuff, give us this stuff because the guy really hasn't done anything illegal. And it kind of goes back to their, their, again, arbitrary changing of something where they're saying, well, we now consider this stuff to be suppressor parts, and therefore you have construction constructive intent, which means that at some point in the future you may be able to change this into a suppressor, and that's an NFA item, so therefore we have jurisdiction over it, blah, blah, blah. But you can also tell... Like the attitude that they get when they understand that this guy isn't going to be cooperative and isn't necessarily afraid of them or doesn't kind of hold them up to some weird hero status. 
you also it's an interesting thing i'm sure the guy had probably like either one of his hands or both of his hands in his pocket and then the guy's like take your hand out of your pocket when he sees that 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 this guy isn't going to be cooperative and then the guy's like you're on my property i can do whatever he's like oh i'm an official law enforcement but here's the thing they don't really they're operating outside of color of authority right because at this point, what they're doing is they're just going up to him and saying, hey, can we can we just engage you in conversation like anybody could do off the street? But when he tries to say, you know, we're law enforcement on official business, they're really, I don't think that they would have probable cause because if they did, they would have had a warrant and they would have just waltzed right in there and taken that stuff from that guy. So anyway, all food for thought. Uh, let me know what you guys think. Like I said, if you want to contact me, I no longer have the voicemail. Uh, nobody really ever used that anyway, so it's no big loss. But uh, go ahead and send me a, either an email or your own audio recording, and I'll put that out for you on the show. And the address to send that to is firearmscafe at protonmail.com. All one word, firearmscafe at protonmail, P-R-O-T-O-N-M-A-I-L.com. All right, let me know what you think. I'd love to hear from you. And I will talk to you guys next time.